Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. Many of you know me as the host of the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, but by day, I'm the senior partner at Y Street Capital. We have no less than three opportunities for investment in our projects open and available to credited investors who reside in the United States. These projects are not for everyone. They represent what we believe are real opportunities for long-term stability and growth. If you'd like to learn more, visit ystreetcapital.com using the link in the show notes to register for our information portal. This is not a solicitation for investment, and any investment would be by prospectus only in compliance with SEC regulations. On today's show, we're talking about the theory behind economic cycles and how the theory completely fails to take into account the reality of our world. In economic expansion, manufacturers experience an increase in demand. As demand reaches capacity, manufacturers contemplate expanding capacity in order to sell more. After all, with factories at capacity, orders are being dropped and revenues being left on the table. But if the expansion of capacity happens at the wrong point in the cycle, demand will slip before the new factory comes online, and that excess capacity from the new factory can bankrupt the company or at least hurt the company. The company might need to shed employees in order to survive. In the tail end of an economic expansion, the central bank will often increase the cost of capital by raising interest rates in order to discourage companies from making major capital investments at the wrong point in the cycle. Until the new factories open, customers will be unable to get everything they want to order. Customers will often offer a premium to have their purchase order fulfilled. The new manufacturing plant would add expenses to the company's operating budget, which will likely be further justified given the increase in prices. All of this is seen by central banks as inflationary. So here we are at the tail end of an economic expansion, and central banks are indeed raising interest rates to try and cool inflation. But manufacturers the world over are building factories at the tail end of the economic expansion. On the surface, this makes no sense. The result will be an excess of manufacturing capacity, higher carrying costs, and falling profitability. But in a world of political polarization and deglobalization, just-in-time manufacturing is being replaced with just-in-case manufacturing. It's no longer acceptable to be sole-sourced and dependent on a single supply chain. Retailers from Walmart to Home Depot are demanding security of supply. Massive capital spending at the wrong point in the economic cycle is destined to hurt some companies. Economic theory does not take this global conflict into account. It's not part of the equation. And yet we're going to see billions of dollars of capital investment over the next couple of years as the deglobalization phenomenon takes hold. Let's look at another economic theory. The theory is that inflation hurts people across the economic spectrum because the currency is being devalued and savings get wiped out. Not only that, purchasing power for those on fixed income gets wiped out as well. Well, I've been speaking to people in Turkey in recent weeks, and Turkey is experiencing significant inflation. Official government figures put the consumer price index around 60% per year. Local boots on the ground estimates have inflation closer to 100%. It seems that many people in Turkey are actually not that bothered by the high rate of inflation. They're collecting their paycheck in Turkish lira, and they spend immediately what they need to on groceries and rent in Turkish lira. And whatever they don't spend by the end of the week gets converted to either U.S. dollars or euros. The loss of a few percent of the cash value is an acceptable price to pay, considering they would lose about 2% per week if they kept the currency in lira. They're not running out to spend every last cent on durable goods and long shelf-life food. If they need to dip into savings, 
they will try to pay in euros or dollars, which are widely accepted, or at worst, convert some funds back into lira as a last resort. All of this works assuming an ample supply of both dollars and euros. But economists are not modeling these flows of funds. How many of these currency exchanges are on the black market or at least the gray market? Some might be buying gold or silver or other commodities that can be easily traded. People adapt and they find a way to survive and thrive even in circumstances that might seem dire on the surface. Now I can't tell you for certain, but I'm willing to bet a really good bottle of French wine that the Turkish Central Bank is not modeling the conversion of lira into dollars on the street corner. And I'm pretty sure that the Fed is not modeling the conversion of lira into dollars either. In fact, I'd go so far as to say that the U.S. economy is being modeled as a closed system, with imports and exports being treated just as imports and exports, but not an integral part of the economy. If a U.S. company opens a new billion-dollar facility in Malaysia or Mexico, how is that showing up in the economic model? Does it matter where the capital is borrowed from? Does it matter whether the debt is denominated in dollars or pesos? You might think that a single company is too small to include in the economic model for an entire nation. But what about when 80% of the products you buy at Walmart and many other stores are manufactured outside the U.S.? That's no longer a rounding error. You don't need to look very hard or very far to find important economic effects that are not being modeled at all. And so when the reality on the ground no longer matches the economic model, it's no surprise that the central bank has a hard time understanding the economy. If you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.